I believe that uh, this message is needed in our country today. And so I think that there's the uh, patriotic tie-in, okay? Um, I think that uh, this is a, an important message for us as believers to hear as we consider the condition of our country as it is now. Uh, Mark chapter number 4 and verse number 21, the Bible says this, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear, for or with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that uh, hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Kind of a tongue twister, but we'll get into it in a moment. Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this time together today. Thank you for uh, your word that sheds so much light on our responsibility. And uh, Father, I pray that you would use this passage uh, to strengthen our lives and to help us to understand uh, our reason for being here. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <coughs> we uh, got back on Friday afternoon from uh, five days up at Eufaula, Oklahoma for junior camp. And uh, I had the privilege of going, and so did my wife, and I got to uh, room with, uh, oh, I don't know, probably 30 of my closest new friends, uh, <laughs> uh, a bunch of junior-aged boys uh, that uh, personal hygiene is not their spiritual gift at this point. Um, so <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was exciting to say the least. I'm very glad to be home. But uh, one of the things that uh, was uh, a nightly issue was flashlights being turned on after lights out. So the first, I think, two nights we were there, the, uh, the curfew was 10 o'clock. We had to be in the dorms at 10 o'clock. And then we had until 1045, and then the lights were supposed to go off. And so the first night, about 1045, the lights went off, and I thought, oh, good, we get to go to sleep now. Well... All these juniors, junior boys, thought that it was important for them to bring a flashlight. So they had their flashlights on, and they were, some of them had the strobe effect on there. And I'm trying to, you know, after all day of getting there and, you know, trying to get all my work done so that I could go, and I was ready to sleep, and then all these kids are playing, you know, uh, flashlight tag and, and strobing the strobe effect, and they're doing this number, you know. I mean, it's like, come on, go to sleep. Uh, the next night, same thing, 10 o'clock, 10.45, flashlights come on. I would almost, it would, have been, it would have been darker with the regular lights on and the flashlights off, it, it felt like. Uh, it, would, it would have been easier to sleep in that, in that environment. And then, the, and then the next night, well, let's, um, l l let's give you an extra 15 minutes. So it was 10.15 was the curfew, and then 11 o'clock was lights out. And so I thought, okay, surely by now all these kids are so tired and, you know, at 11 o'clock they're just going to conk out. Nope, same thing, flashlights on. 
strobe lights on. I'm like, come on. And the last night, I'm like, okay, this is the end of the week. For sure, they're all got to be zonked out. I know I am. I just want to go to sleep. And uh, it was 11 o'clock was the lights out time. And uh, it was 11.15, and the lights were still on. And I'm like, does anybody see what time it is? <laughs> and there was some, you know, spiritual devotions going on. A couple of churches were having with their, with their campers. And I was like, man, this is great. But can we do this in the dark? <laughs> I want to get some sleep. And uh, it was 11.15, 11.20, and finally 11.25, the lights turned off. And I'm like, surely it's, it's like almost midnight. It's almost tomorrow. They're not going to be playing with flashlights tonight. I was wrong. They were playing with flashlights. And, uh, and, I, and I knew I was preaching this, and I'm like, you know, I'm thankful for light, but in, in certain circumstances, <laughs> I, I'm thankful for darkness as well. Uh, light does dispel darkness, and uh, that has been the case uh, from the beginning of time. If you, uh, if you want to flip all the way over, this should be an easy passage to find. It's Genesis chapter number one. I just want to show you uh, very briefly uh, this morning the, uh, the, the beginning of darkness and light. In verse number one of Genesis one, the Bible starts like this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And here it is, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And, dark, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Um, the, the, the Word of God also refers to God as Remember, uh, every good gift and perfect gifts comes down from the Father of lights with Him who is no variableness nor turning. Uh, in 1 John 1 and verse number 5, the Bible says this, This then is the message which we have heard, it, heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. One day down the road, uh, this is what we can look forward to in the uh, New Jerusalem, in heaven. In Revelation 21 and verse 23, it says this, And the city, this is talking about the New Jerusalem, had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Uh, later on in Revelation 22 and verse number 5, the Bible says, And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. One day there's never going to be another nightfall. There's never going to be a, a sunset. We're never going to have to turn on flashlights again. Amen. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, no need for flashlights there. But until then, uh, there is still going to be darkness upon this earth. And uh, there is reason for flashlights, and there is reasons for candles, and there is reason for us as believers to shine brightly in the world in which we live. Now, as we think today about America and our 245th birthday, fun fact about me, I'm a uh, bicentennial baby. Is there any other bicentennial babies here this morning? All right, yes, Miss Stephanie and I. Cool people were born in 1976, the 200th birthday of uh, America. And so as 
uh, America turns 245, that means that Eric is going to turn 45 uh, this year as well. Now, while we greatly enjoy uh, freedom and liberty here in America, sadly, things are not going super well in our country. There is a lot to be thankful for, and I'm, again, I'm thankful for the fact that we can gather like this together, together today. That is a special blessing to rejoice in. And I, and I don't want to rain on our parade today, but, but I do want to let you know that we are living in a dark time in America. And sadly, it's becoming darker as time goes on. Just a couple of quick examples. Just last month, as you know, we saw almost every major company promote Pride Month. And uh, it was just all over and in your face. Just a couple weeks ago in the National Football League, the NFL, a player for the Las Vegas Raiders announced that he is now homosexual. Announced it on Instagram. Well, the amount of support for him has been astronomical. And if you dare think that it's not a good thing that he did that, how dare you? The, uh, his jersey, I was reading about this, his jersey, and I, I can't remember his name. I know he plays for my favorite team, which, again, it's not, uh, I'm not proud of this whatsoever. But uh, his jersey was the number one selling jersey among all, all NFL players after his announcement. I mean, the, the fans just flocked to go and buy his jersey because he's so brave and courageous for coming out as a gay man. And then just a few days ago, last week, the NFL put out a commercial saying that football is gay, it's bisexual, and it's queer. You guys see, anybody see that commercial? Maybe on social media, maybe on TV. Our country elected a president, and I maybe put major air quotes around the word elected, um, our country elected a president who supports murdering babies in the womb. We have, as a country, been divided in recent months over the color of our skin. So while we can be thankful for the freedom and the liberty we do enjoy here as Americans, we have come a long way, baby, from the Christian nation that we were founded to be. This country, which once was a beacon of light for liberty and freedom and even the gospel of Jesus Christ, has grown very dark. And I don't want to be a negative Ned today. It's opposite of negative, or it's a male version of negative Nancy. Uh, I don't want to be a negative Ned today, but I also want us to know that it is indeed time for us as believers to shine brightly in our country. Um, I want us to enjoy the day and and, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be an American, too. I agree with what the children sung a few moments ago. But, but uh, we also can't have our heads in the sands and, and be ostriches and, 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 and not realize what's going on in this, in this land of the free and the home of the brave. And so the passage that we just read a few moments ago in Mark chapter number 4, uh, there is an encouragement for us to shine brightly. And uh, I want to dive into the Word of God today and see truths, three truths regarding the fact that it is indeed time to shine. Let's look at them first, uh, briefly uh, this morning. First of all, I want us to see, number one, our purpose. Our purpose. 
You see, in essence, what Jesus is saying here is that what he has taught in parables and the truth that he had declared to the disciples was not to be concealed, but rather it was to be revealed. And the truth that he was imparting to them was not meant to be just hidden in their hearts, though it was good to have in their hearts, it was meant to be shared and shine forth. And this is our purpose in this life as well, to reveal truth to those around us. Uh, but the key is first to receive the truth yourself. Um, I'll never forget the, the, the night that I became a Christian and I received the truth. Uh, I've mentioned it several times, but it was on Christmas night, December 25th, 1988. I was 12 years old and I was going through a, um, a book that uh, my church gave me to go through to try to uh, get to the next level. You know, it was a Christian Boy Scouts type situation. It was called Royal Rangers. And uh, it, was a, it was not a Baptist church that I was a part of at that point. But uh, I was thankful for this little book because it had me do certain things. I had to memorize John 3, 16 and 17 and 18. I had to memorize the 23rd Psalm. I had to learn how to tie certain knots. And once I did, I got signed off on it and can move on to the next thing. And one of the, I was working on it on Christmas night. And I came to a place where it said, please write the date that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I remember looking at that going, whoa. Like, I've been in church a long time. I, I've heard about doing this, but the truth of the matter is, I don't remember a time, and I don't know that I have a date that, to put there. And being confronted with that question just made me go, you know what? I don't think I've ever made that decision. And so right then and there, I decided to believe on Christ and get saved and be born again. And that was the greatest day of my life. And that was the day that I received the truth. It was kind of like this. We have a, uh, I'm going to hopefully not set the church on fire today. That is not my goal. Um, but I do have a candle. And so on, on December 25th, 1988, I received the truth, the light of the gospel in my heart, and I was lit. When was the day for you when your heart was lit with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ? There's a song that we sometimes sing here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. It's called, When Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. And the first verse goes, Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, a day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart, shadows dispelling, and with joy I'm telling, He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross, the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. We know from Matthew chapter number five, the parallel passage uh, to Mark chapter four, verses 21 through 25. Mark, uh, Matthew five sixteen tells us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So we see that our purpose is after we have received the truth, we've received the light, 
to shine brightly. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us, As every man hath received the gift, okay, that's the moment of our salvation, we receive the gift, uh, Peter says, even so minister the same one to another. Now we're to shine, not just in our own hearts, but to shine out to other people. Philippians 2.15, Paul encourages the church there at Philippi. He says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. There is a reason that we need to be shining brightly in our dark world because this is a dark world. People don't really even understand how dark it is. We need to shine brightly. And if we don't, who is going to? Oh, well, the government, it's their job. No, my friend. God's given it to us as believers to shine brightly. And so it's my responsibility, not, by the way, just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. And it's your responsibility because you are a Christian. And so here we have been, I hope that all of us this morning have received the light of the gospel in our own hearts. And if you haven't, I can't think of a better day than Independence Day 2021 for you to be set free from your sin. Uh, so I would encourage you to do that. But those of us who have been saved, uh, we are called to shine brightly. That's our purpose. Say, well, after I got saved, uh, I'm still here. God didn't take me home. Well, there's a reason for it, because he wants us to shine brightly in the dark world in which we live. There's a purpose for us to fulfill, a mission for us to accomplish. There's people for us to reach. By the way, there's people that only you can reach that I can't. I, I don't necessarily have an in with your parents or with your family members or with your coworkers or with the uh, kids that you go to school with. I don't really have an in with maybe your neighbors like you do. Our purpose is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a, can under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick. So we see our purpose. But then secondly, I want us to see our placement. In verse 21, he, he goes and talks about where this candle is supposed to be placed. Is a candle really supposed to be brought to be put under a bushel? Or under a bed? And not to be set on a candlestick? And uh, most of us are familiar with the old... The old children's song, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Oh, no. Won't, Satan, won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. You know that. Well, <clears throat> the, as I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about a couple bushels that we allow to hide the light of the gospel in our lives. And uh, I wanted to uh, show you a couple of them this morning. And so we have some bushels here. The first bushel that we allow to hide the light of the gospel in our lives is the bushel of no burden. 
And so that goes over the light. You can't see it. There's a little hole in here, and I think it's still, it's still shining. It hasn't gone out yet. So I'm still saved. I'm still good. But no one else can see it. It's not giving light in the room. What, what, what does this mean, no burden? It means a lack of caring about other people. I don't really care about my responsibility to get the gospel out into this dark world. And this bushel can absolutely hide the light that we're supposed to be spreading around. Psalm 142 and verse number 4. There's a little verse here that is a very convicting verse. Psalm 142 and verse 4 says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. And then sadly he says, no man cared for my soul. No man cared because they had no burden. They didn't understand the responsibility that they had as believers to get the gospel out. No man cared for my soul. Friend, do you care for those around you and their eternal destiny? This no burden is an absolute bushel in our life that we allow our light to get hidden by. We just don't care. We don't have the understanding that God's given us this responsibility and He has called us with the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So I think about somebody who did have a burden for souls. I think about the Apostle Paul. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 14, he says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, I realize that I have a burden and I have a responsibility and I am debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise. It doesn't matter. Red, yellow, black, and white, they all need to hear the gospel. A poor, rich, it does not matter. They need to get the gospel and I have a burden to do so. Paul had. Do you? Paul said in, in, to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11, he said, Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Do you really understand what the destiny of those without Christ really is? When was the last time you really thought about hell? Hell is a real place, just like Moore, Oklahoma is a real place. Hell absolutely exists. And by the way, we talked about heaven uh, being a one continual day. You know what hell is going to be? One continual pitch black night where there is going to be no flashlights. There's going to be no relief from the darkness, and from the pain and the torments and the memories that they're going to have. Do we remember the fact that the people that I know, if they die without Jesus Christ, they're going to go to hell? Do I remember that? 
Do I remember that my family, if they do not trust Christ as their Savior, will spend eternity in a place called hell? Do you know that your coworkers, if they die without Jesus Christ, will split hell wide open when they die? These aren't pleasant thoughts, but they're reality. Are they reality? If they're not, then uh, why are we here? There's no burden. I, I really honestly believe that this is one of the reasons our country is in the mess we are in. It's because the generations before us did not have the burden to get the gospel out effectively into their uh, generation. And now we have uh, generations to come where we've kicked God out of our schools. We've kicked God out of our government. Now we're kicking God out of our culture altogether. And anyone who believes in God is an outcast and intolerant and a bigot. Well, we haven't had a burden to reach and to shine brightly. And so as a result, our, our light is hidden. I wonder if this no burden has been hiding your light as of late. We have, uh, maybe it's gone out. Let's see. I think it may have gone out because there's not enough oxygen. Now, praise the Lord, we're saved, and once saved, always saved, right? Even if we have a bushel under, under us. But uh, kind of messed with... Uh, the effectiveness of that candle, though, this bushel did. What's another bushel that we allow to hide our light? Well, we have another bushel over here. We have the bushel of fear. This one is a pretty powerful one, too. I mean, if I go and shine brightly at work and really let everybody know that I'm a believer, what will they think of me? I may not get the promotion that everybody wants. What if I talk to my coworker? What if I talk to my neighbor? They're, they're going to think I'm one of those religious fanatics. And we let fear hide our light. We worry about what it's going to do to us. I'm thankful for those in history who boldly stood up and said, I'm going to shine brightly for the Lord Jesus Christ no matter the cost. And the difference that they made. Aren't you glad that the person who told you about Christ wasn't afraid? That lifted off that bushel and said, I'm not going to fear what men may think. I'm going to share it anyway. I want to just encourage us with uh, what Jesus said to the disciples as he gave them the Great Commission, as he encouraged them to shine brightly for the Lord. As he uh, was getting ready to ascend back up into heaven, his last words to them were in Matthew 28 and verse number, uh, verse number 18, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So as you 
stand up and speak out for the Lord. Guess who's with you? The Lord is with you. You're not alone. You might feel like you're alone, but I'm telling you, the Lord is with us as we go and share the truth with, with others. So fear is another one that absolutely hides the light. But then there's a third one, a third bushel that I see happen in my own life as well. Let's see if the light's still there. Oh, it's still there. And that is procrastination. This one is, okay, I have an understanding that people need the Lord. I have an understanding that it is my responsibility to get the gospel out. And I'm not really all that afraid to do it. I'm just wanting to wait until there's a better time to do it. I'll get around to it later. I'll witness to them tomorrow. I'll talk to them next family gathering. I'll bring it up next time. The problem is we're not guaranteed a next time. We're not guaranteed a tomorrow. Uh, there was a, uh, when I was working at Staples when I was in Bible college, uh, there was one of my bosses, his name was Kelly, um, and uh, he, he, was a, he was a good man, a good boss. Um, he was caught up in, uh, in religion, and uh, every time I tried to bring it up, he kept saying, oh, I don't really want to hear it, and I kept thinking, I got to find a good time to really bring this up. And then before I knew it, I was gone. And I would, uh, I think he had, he had moved on to a different job. And then I had heard a few months later that he actually died of a heart attack. And I thought, man, I wish I would have given it more time, given it a little bit more effort and not kept waiting for the perfect time to do it. God has crossed your paths with someone in your life, whether it be a coworker, a colleague, uh, a person that you meet out in the community, someone that <clears throat> you know does your uh, does some type of service for you. That's not on accident, my friend. It's a divine appointment. When is the right time going to be? I've shared, uh, I've shared this story before. Uh, again, when I was working at Staples, um, there was um, a couple people that I knew I needed to witness to, and I got back to the dorm, and, and uh, one of my friends had been praying with me about that opportunity, and he said, so tell me about how that went. And I said, oh, it just wasn't the right time. And he said, Eric, when will it be the right time? When will it be the right time for you to witness to your boss, to witness to uh, your neighbor? When will it be the right time? Before you know it, time goes quick, as you know, and no one is guaranteed another day. Procrastination is a bushel that hides the light. So instead of these bushels, the placement of the candle, I think this one may have gone out too. Let's see. Nope, it's still going. Instead of being under the bushel... Instead of being underneath the bed, which he mentions in verse 21, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Instead, it's supposed to be put on a candlestick. And I have one here. This is how we are to be. 
very noticeable. Very bold for the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of being instead of hiding. We don't look, you may be good at hide and go seek, but this isn't this isn't the time to be good at hide and go seek. This is the time to be out there and noticeable. You know, when I, I've played hide and go seek with kids and I always, you know, hide behind, you know, a little pole or something so it's super easy to see me. Um, I, I, I try not to be very good at hiding in those situations. We don't need to be good at hiding as believers. I realize that the culture is creating a feeling that it's safer to hide because then they won't say anything bad about me. Then they won't treat me uh, differently than they treat everybody else. Uh, it used to be that you know, Christian, Christianity was the majority of culture. And now it's not. Now we're finally in the minority. And at least that's the way the media is portraying it for sure. Now we have a choice. We can let them win and tell us that we just need to go into hiding until Jesus comes. But that is not the message that Jesus is giving here. He's giving us the message that we need to stand up and shine brightly for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see our purpose is to shine brightly and our placement is to be on the candlestick, not under a bushel, not under a bed, but on a candlestick. So it gives light to the whole house, uh, Matthew says. Number three, last thought here about um, our, the fact that it is time to shine, and that is our priority. And we see this in really verses 22. Uh, it says, There is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come uh, abroad, basically what the Lord Jesus is saying is, look, um, these things that I've been teaching you, uh, I don't want them to be secret. I want them to be made known abroad. And then verse 23, he says, if any man have ears to hear, uh, let him hear. He said to them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and, it, and, and unto you that hear shall more be given. See, what the Lord is saying here is that our priority is to hear the truth and then to respond to it and then to share it. To, our incline, to incline our ears to it, to be swift to hear and slow to speak, to allow the truth to become part of us, to be good hearers of the truth, but not hearers only, but as James challenges us, to also be doers of the word. See, in other words, we are to hear and then in verse number 24, it says, take heed. We're to hear and we're to heed. There's a portion of the book of Hebrews that indicates that the believers there heard the word, but did not heed the word, and therefore it stunted their growth. Maybe you've heard that coffee stunts your growth. I did not drink a lot of coffee when I was younger. Brother Jared, I, I doubt you drank a bunch of coffee when you were younger either, okay? Okay. Um, I don't know if, if, I don't know if uh, coffee actually stunts your growth, but I will tell you, uh, not heeding and obeying and applying the Word of God definitely stunts your spiritual growth. Absolutely. And uh, he was talking to a group of Christians there, uh, Hebrew Christians who had believed on Christ, but 
It was like years later and they were still needing to get the ABCs of the Christian life. It was like, give me the basics because I still haven't applied those truths to my life. Um, I have one more thing to bring out here this morning. Give me just a quick moment. Okay, I have a high chair. This is the high chair we got when Seth was a baby. And, uh, and it's a nice one, and it's held up pretty good. Um, and it's normal for a little baby to be in this high chair and to eat, you know, everything broken up and cut up in really small, teensy bites. But eventually, they should start learning how to eat meat and uh, bigger things. But here's what was happening to, the, uh, to those Hebrew Christians, is they had been saved for a long time, and uh, they just still couldn't even digest the little things that were broken up. Uh, the writer of Hebrews said, I wanted to give you strong meat, but I couldn't give it to you because you, you weren't able. You still had to, you, you were still struggling with the, uh, you know, jello and uh, what, do, what do kids eat? What do babies eat anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> Baby food. Applesauce. What do they eat? Pureed stuff. Veggies. Nasty. We did that. We, we, yeah, Seth, Seth would, we would get broccoli and just put it in like a Vitamix and pureed broccoli. <laughs> and he would eat it up. And I'm like, that is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of broccoli, but when it's in that form, it's just worse. It's this green goo, green slime. Okay, well, can you imagine if, if I never learned how to like eat something that, I eat now like meat, like hamburgers and uh, steak, ribeyes, tri-tip, the good things in life. If I never learned how to do that, it'd be like me um, sitting in this uh, high chair. You know, it's just kind of silly seeing a grown man in a high chair. I mean, this... It just is weird. Okay, she's taking a picture. So, okay. Um, but here's the thing. This was the Hebrew Christians, spiritually speaking. They had been saved for a long time. They should have been teaching others. They should have been shining forth the truth, but instead they were sitting in their spiritual high chairs, still going, will you puree my food for me? Because I just need the basics. Okay, here's, 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 here it is, Cornerstone Baptist Church. You've been saved for a long time. Have you been growing or are you still stuck in a spiritual high chair? Are you a spiritual infant? Uh, what Jesus is saying here in, in this passage is, uh, look, uh, you need to grow and you need to take the word of God as it comes to you, hear it, apply it, then give it out. He says in verse 24, take heed what you hear. In other words, receive what you're hearing. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. As you receive, as you 
take heed and as you apply and as you give out, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get more. You're going to start growing and God's going to give you more. He's going to give you some meat. I mean, you, Seth, you think that uh, pureed broccoli is good? He kind of did at that time, which is weird. Uh, he must be your son, not my son, but anyway. But guess what's coming, bud? We got tri-tip coming, and he's a big fan of tri-tip. Because he was willing to take what was given to him at that time, and he was learned, learned how to digest it. Spiritually speaking, have you learned to digest the basics of the Christian life? Or do you keep needing to be reminded to read your Bible? You keep needing to be reminded to be faithful to church, to give, to serve the Lord, to witness. Do we constantly need these reminders or can we move on from that and go on to other things? Or are we still stuck in our spiritual high chair? Going, I still need more. You, I need you to spoon feed me again. By the way, he goes on in verse 25 and mentions this concept that if you don't use the word of God, guess what? You'll lose it. Now, let me explain what that means here. Verse 25 says, for he that hath to him shall be given. You receive. Guess what? You're going to be given more. But the last part of verse 25, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. There's the principle of uh, the, the servant in Matthew chapter 25, remember, who was given one talent and instead of investing it, chose to bury it. And what happened when the, when the master came? Uh, he was like, oh, I know that you're a hard man and, and uh, I buried it. And he's like, all right, you give that talent to the one who uh, had 10 and multiplied it. And this is the principle that if we don't use the talents and the truth that God's given to us and apply it to our life, uh, we're going to see them being gone. It's like uh, this aqueduct that I read about in Segovia, Spain. There was an aqueduct built by the victorious Romans in the year A.D. 109. And for 18 centuries, this aqueduct carried clear, clean, sparkling water from the mountains to one town in the valley below. Well, around the turn of the century, it was decided that the aqueduct should be preserved for posterity. I mean, 18 centuries of this aqueduct in service. Man, we better preserve this thing because this is an amazing, uh, amazing achievement and amazing thing that people for, for centuries are going to want to come and see this uh, aqueduct. So, uh, so let's preserve it. As a result, they put in modern pipes, uh, got laid, and the, and the sparking lot water was then rerouted through these brand new pipes. Well, what happened to this aqueduct? Well, shortly thereafter, the aqueduct started to fall apart. Why? Because water was no longer running through uh, that aqueduct, and as a result, the sun dried the mortar, and it began to crumble. Then the stones began to sag, and it fell into ruins because it wasn't being used like it had been before. If water kept, and, and it kept being used, I imagine that aqueduct would still be effective today. I, I think there's a lot of believers who, you know what, I had a good run. I was involved in serving the Lord at one point, and it was great, but now it's time to preserve the posterity of my service for God. But just like, how many of you have had a, 
a cast on an arm or a leg? Would you raise your hand if you can, if your arm's healed by now? Okay. A lot of you had a hand raised. And you might remember that after that cast was off, your muscles were way weak compared to what they were before you put the cast on. And it was because you weren't using it and you couldn't use it, those muscles, they experienced atrophy. And they begin to weaken because they weren't being used. And spiritually speaking, that can absolutely happen to us. And that's what Jesus is referring to here. Uh, he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Use it or lose it. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. This isn't the only time uh, Jesus kind of mentions this here. He says, for unto whom soever much is given of him shall be much required. Folks, uh, as we consider who we are in Christ and as we consider the fact that we live in still, I believe, the greatest country in the, on the planet with all of its woes, and, and there are many, we have been given much. As a result, much is required of us to shine brightly and to not allow ourselves to be put under a bushel to not allow ourselves to get comfortable and go under a bed. Most of us have been saved for years, even decades, but what are we doing now with the truth that we have been given? Oh, I used to serve. I used to do this. I realize that there are some things that as we age, we're not able to do like we did when we were younger. However, it's not time to retire from the Christian life. You might retire from your job, and that's fine, but none of us should ever retire from the Christian life and from serving the Lord in whatever way we can. It's still time, my friend, to shine. Now, let me wrap this up. In just a few hours tonight, the, uh, the sun will set. Darkness will start to show up. People will be waiting all over this country, waiting for that those fireworks to come. There will be many a child who will say to their daddy, Daddy, when are the fireworks going to happen? When is it going to happen? Mommy, when are the fireworks show going to start? Those questions, and some of you parents may even hear those same questions tonight. They're going to be waiting for the lights to shine. Now, this world is in darkness, and uh, they don't realize it, but they are also waiting for us to shine forth. Uh, they're not going to ask the question, when are you guys going to start shining? But in their heart of hearts, they're waiting for us to care enough to shine forth. And uh, my friend, uh, we don't have to wait for it to get any darker for us to start igniting. We can ignite right now because the world is dark enough. Uh, let's, let, let's shine forth right now. So it's time to remove the bush, bushels and get out from under the bed and to shine the light of the gospel to those around us. And we need to remember that it is our purpose to do so. That's why he left us here, to shine brightly. And we need to remember our placement and where to be on top of that candlestick, not hiding somewhere. Um, don't let the media cause you to fear shining. He's with you. Jesus is. He'll be with you until the end of the world. You don't have to worry. He's with you. 
So remember our placement and remember our priority to take to hear the word of God, to heed the word of God, and then to share the word of God. And with that, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to gather together this morning. Father, I pray that uh, you would help us on this Independence Day to be reignited in our desire and zeal for getting the gospel out um, and to shine brightly for the Lord Jesus Christ in this country. Lord, we are growing darker. There's no question about that. I don't need to go into a lot of uh, dissertation about that. It's, it's pretty obvious as you look at the news and see what's going on. But Lord, it's not time to fear. It's not time to hide. It's time to shine brightly. Please help us, Lord, do, do that. Help us, Lord, to not allow these bushels of uh, lack of a burden, of fear and procrastination to hide our light any longer. Help us to be bold and ready to give an answer to shine brightly with our life and with our lips, the message of the gospel. And Lord, as we, in our own Christian life, I pray, Lord, that we would uh, not still need the basics, but that we would move on and grow and learn and, and uh, so that we can be who you want us to be, uh, be effective uh, lights for your honor and glory. I pray these things in Christ's name. I'm going to ask uh, Miss Pat to... Uh, play through on this next song, Near the Cross, and as she does, I want to invite you to have a, a time of prayer there in your seat and, and a time of decision, perhaps. Uh, maybe there